Then he glanced down the hall that led to the offices below the prop loft and yelped. He even jumped a little, because five feet, two inches, one hundred pounds of pure wolverine fury was heading straight for him. And he'd seen that look on her face before. It was the same one she had when he'd convinced her to go for a swim in the East River. Seth had walked gangland streets, faced two attempted muggings, and had a civil conversation with a mob enforcer. None of that scared him, because he'd seen Katie upset. The Odyssey? She screamed, heading straight for Seth, her eyes locked on target, and her fist squeezed tight enough to draw blood. The freaking Odyssey? You're stupid. You are a combination of arrogance and idiocy that if God was paying attention, he would send another flood to wipe us all out because he couldn't run the risk that you might survive a thunderbolt. Hi, Katie. Don't you hi, Katie, me. Don't say my name. Don't look at me. You know what? You're not allowed to think about me. As far as you're concerned, I'm just a very attractive ghost that you can't see. I missed you. I missed you, too, right up until you called me. Did it ever occur to you to call and just ask how things are going? No more than it occurred to you. Seth side-saddled actually answering the question. We're broken people, aren't we? For a split second, all the anger was gone from Katie, but it wouldn't stay gone for long. I prefer interesting. It just sounds better. They stared at each other, one fuming with her whole body and one pleading with his eyes and Alan cleared his throat, but nobody paid him any mind. The whole theater had gone deathly quiet, except for the oversized air conditioner that kept right on trying to make a difference in the scene shop. It failed miserably, but it still tried. All the community theater veterans that Alan had hired to give his new roofed amphitheater an instant staff tried hard to blend in with the cement walls. I put you in the nice office. I figured you needed some space to write where I could keep my eye on you. Katie managed to squeeze the words out while trying incredibly hard to smile. It was a good effort, but she was only succeeding at grimacing. But the volume had come down to New York conversational, easily confused for a fight elsewhere in the world. That's my office. Alan was moving between the two and was innocently unaware that interrupting Katie when she was having a frustrating day and jet-lagged was a life-and-death decision. Who are you? she snarled, her nostrils flaring. He's the guy what made the promise why we're here, Seth mumbled, doing his best not to meet her eyes. Oh, you are. Well, then get out. I might be able to tolerate your presence tomorrow, but today I really need you to be a very long ways away from me. Alan would have sworn that Katie's eyes were glowing blood red. He sputtered to defend himself, but she cut him off with a roar. I said out. Seth watched as Alan ran, probably the most athletic movement of his whole life, and hurtled over stray props to get around the corner and out of sight. It was only then that he noticed a burly young man in his late twenties strolling toward him. He could have been a college quarterback with that build and all-American curly blonde hair, and when Seth offered him a slight smile, he was greeted with a scowl. So, Seth, you dragged us to Colorado. Did you miss us after four years, or is this one of those jokes of yours that I just don't get? You know, I've got a sweet gig in Chicago that's being very good to me these days. I called Katie, Jason. I wasn't expecting to see you here. But it's good that you've got such a positive attitude about it. Seth said as he offered his hand to Jason, who strolled on past, rolling his eyes. You, cable coil girl, 
Jason barked at one of the stagehands who was indeed coiling lighting cables. I'm going to need a list of everything this amateur community house has to offer. I have a name, you know, the cable coiling brunette in a tank top balked. When you do something that impresses me, I'll know it. It's nice that Jason doesn't hold a grudge, Seth shrugged as Katie started guiding him with a hand on his shoulder toward the offices. Let's just count our blessings that he didn't walk in and crack you one right in the kisser, Katie countered. He's the type to hold a grudge, and the kind to express himself bombastically. What do you expect? Him and the rest all happy to see you? Your shows keep getting bigger, a bit more attention, a bit more money, and that gave all of us a chance to keep moving on up to the east side. Then you packed up and left town without a word. Overnight, we went from Times Square back to Alphabet City, so I wouldn't hold my breath for civility. Katie shoved him into the office and kept right on pushing until Seth was plopping down in the chair behind the desk.